Hello everyone, my name is Brad. And I'm Denise. We are the host of World's True Crime Podcast. Every Monday, we release an episode researched by me about the most heinous criminals throughout history from across the globe. And then every Thursday, we will release an episode from me about disappearances, UFOs, the unexplained, and strange history. To lighten up the episode, we take part in movie trivia at the time of the incidents. You can find us everywhere you listen to podcasts and find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We also can be found at worldstruecrime.com. So just remember everybody, the world's not always as it seems. No, it's not. Bye everyone. Bye. The subject of today's episode is a serial killer, a type known as a process killer. A serial killer that forced mostly prostitutes and strippers into playing a real-life version of the most dangerous game, or some would have you believe. This acne-scarred, weasley, stuttering loser is the most prolific killer in Alaskan history, raping over 30 women and kidnapping, torturing, raping, and killing at least 17. Called by a one Major Gilmore, a dippled-dicked piece of shit, today we discuss the Butcher Baker, Robert Hansen. I'm Kevin Young. I'm Don Hargan. And this is Torture. That's the greatest nickname I've ever heard. Dimpled, yeah, it, it, it's that's used my, a couple times in the book. That's my next D&D character's name. Your next name is Dimple Dick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Everybody, my name is Dimple Dick. <laughs> Dimple Dick Robert Hansen. That is, that's going to be a character, and hopefully he gets killed off quickly. Yep. <laughs> yep. He'll be one of those uh, NPCs that like tries to turn on the group and then gets his nuts chopped off. Hopefully. All right. So, yeah. yeah. So this is obviously a podcast about the history of torture. Like we say in, you know, before that can't really have a history of torture podcast without covering uh, these types of people. But we have to kind of separate the types of serial killers that we will cover who we really won't kind of cover. So there's kind of, there's, there's really, I mean, there's four types, but there's really three types, product, missionary, and process killers. Now, a product killer is somebody who kills for the product of the kill. Uh, so they could have the body, uh, like Jeffrey Dahmer killed so he could have uh, zombie sex slaves. Didn't really love the killing part of it. He just wanted what? Loved the zombie sex slave part of it. Yeah. Uh, Dennis Nilsson. Dennis Nilsson, the same way, like uh, wanted a, a dead boy, uh, you know, dead boyfriend up in his up in his little attic bonus room. And uh, Richard Chase, Richard Chase wanted the blood and he kind of liked the killing. Um, but that's Richard Chase is a whole different thing, but he didn't really torture anybody. He just killed people and did horrible things with the bodies afterward. Then you have missionary killers who see it as, again, you know, a mission to kill people for a certain reason. You know, David Berkowitz, uh, uh, son of Sam, he 
told people that he killed for because uh, a dog told him to as the voice of God or whatever, the voice of devil, whatever you want to believe, that he did it for a satanic cult. I think See, he's full well, of shit. Dog is God backwards, so like, like kind of allowed to leave that nearly. Well, yeah. it was his neighbor. He said his neighbor's dog was telling him to kill, and it it wasn't. You know, it was probably his neighbor's son who was actually killing helping him kill people but that's a whole nother thing and you got hayden clark who he was a missionary killer because he he thought that if he killed people it would keep a biblical sized earthquake from breaking california off america and pushing it off into the sea so he thought that he had to kill people to keep that from happening like ritualistic Um, sacrifice kind of Pretty much, but it wasn't like uh, I have to kill them a certain way, and it wasn't that I have to kill these certain people. It's as long as I kill somebody, it'll keep you know the earthquakes from coming. And I think he half believed that, and half just really liked killing people, and he wanted a reason. Just to wanted do an it. excuse. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's process killers. Those will be the people we cover. The people who enjoy the process of killing enjoy the process of torture your your bob bordellas your leonard lakes and charles ings uh dean corals hh holmes uh btk i mean torture's right there in his name um and a lot a lot more um but those those are the ones that we will cover Technically, there's four different varieties of killers, according to the psychologist. Visionary mission, hedonistic and power. But these three I've kind of taken from last podcast on the left because they kind of, I think, fit a mold better. So that's what we're doing. If we get a big uproar and everybody wants us to cover Richard Chase or Jeffrey Dahmer or something, then we might bend to their will. But for right now, it'll probably just be, you know, the big process killers who, you know, take pride and and get happiness out of killing. Could do a bit of a sideshow effectively on that kind of subject matter if you want to possibly yeah if people want if if we get emails and people are like i'd really like to hear you guys cover uh jeffrey dahmer or ted bundy then you know if we get enough people wanting it then maybe we could do that throw it up on a patreon or throw it on an extra show or something like that i don't know but for now it's going to be mostly just uh the process killers and that's who we have today i'd be happy to just get a damn email That'd be nice. Well, everybody make Dan's dream dream come true. Torturepod at gmail.com. Like, subscribe, send us emails, stuff that is legit and nice, nothing spammy. Yeah. So I got the majority of the material for this series um, from news articles online, Murderpedia. Uh, The majority of, from my stuff, comes from the book, Butcher Baker, the true account of an Alaskan serial killer by Walter Gilmore and Leland E. Hale. Uh, there's several different ID channel, Oxygen channel, YouTube channel, docu-series uh, episodes on it. I mean, a lot. And uh, the last podcast on the left, guys, I bring them up quite a bit. But they did an amazing job with this one. So after you listen to this one, go listen to that one. Um, also, you know, I mean everybody's covered it you know morbid and my favorite murder and all them so figure we might as well too most of the people who have read this book talk about how much they hate it i didn't understand it's like it's just a book you know how can you hate it that can't be that bad and then i read it and i realized 
where they're coming from. There's a lot of information in it, but it, it reads less like a documentation of real events and more mm. like a true crime novella. Like oh, a lot of it, gosh, there's a right, lot right. of drama just kind of injected into it to make it more palatable. Like the whole most game, dangerous game killings type thing, which we'll get into second episode. So it's nearly like they wrote the straight to TV movie book. Kind of. It, it's oh, it's it was okay. This story's interesting, but I think we can make it even more interesting uh, if we just tweak this or that a little bit you know because right. the yeah, really yeah. the more the more you re look at the actual things that actually happened kind of it kind of got less interesting because you realize like well he probably didn't do this and he probably didn't do that but that's not going to sell books and that's not going to get a movie made. well yeah i suppose it's kind of part and parcel it's obviously like we're going to cover it now though but there's an awful lot of stuff they couldn't confirm Right, you know, so it's it's. I'm sure it's left up to just pure and utter interpretation of assumption. And when you get firsthand account from the killers themselves, you never know what you can really believe and what you can't. I mean, he obviously killed this person, this person, this person because he takes us directly to the bodies. But mm. all these other people he said he killed, or all these other people he said he didn't kill, that he can't find the bodies. That I mean, who knows? Yeah, yeah. Kind of like uh, in. Uh, in Cold Blood by Truman Capote. Everybody goes on and on about how great that fucking book is until you find out that a lot of it's just kind of dramatized because nobody would talk to him. Everybody talked to Harper Lee. So mm. it was a public thing. Can't say I've read it. In Cold Blood? Nah, it's it's one of those things where any of the... I'd have read anything along the lines of this. Like, you know I mean? It's, it's right. a big kind of more just fantasy and king stuff yeah. and stuff like that you know the whole thing behind in cold blood it, it pretty much ruined truman capote and harper lee's uh relationship because he was such an asshole and she was doing all the work but right. that's a whole another thing that's like us you're doing all the work <laughs> <laughs> yes but we're gonna give each other credit oh yeah he's doing all the work people not yeah. me <laughs> i sit here and react that's all i need just a reaction all right. Well, let's get started with uh, the birth of a Robert Christian Hansen, February 15th, 1939, in Esterville, Esterville Iowa. His father, Christian, a Dutch immigrant baker, uh, bakery owner, where he worked almost every day with his wife, Edna. Now, Robert's childhood wasn't what you would call great. Um, it wasn't as bad as what a lot of people go through. Uh, a lot of people had it worse. A lot of serial killers that grow up, you hear about their childhoods had it worse. So Henry Lee Lucas used to have to watch his mother fuck other men while his legless father scooted around in a Red Rider type wagon and sold pencils. Uh, he was what? beaten almost to death with the <laughs> yeah. He was beaten almost to death with the board uh, until he was unconscious for like three weeks, I think, or something like that. And he had permanent brain damage from it. So. Uh, Robert being made fun of and not getting along with his father, it could have been worse. We've all been there. <laughs> yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. Robert's father was a fucking asshole, and he treated him like shit. But on the scale of horrible childhoods as far as 
you know, the big name serial killers go. He's doesn't have it that bad, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, they take care of him. Uh, again, he he treats him like shit, but he's not beating him to the point of unconsciousness. He's not going hungry, anything like that. And his father will give him some support later on, whether that support was for Robert's benefit or Christian's benefit is up for debate, but we'll get to that in a few minutes. So his father would make him work long hours in the family bakery that they had in Pocahontas, Iowa, at a very young age, which he hated. You know, no kid wants to spend all their time working. And in his father's eyes, he could do nothing right. Now, anybody who's ever tried to hold a flashlight for their dad while they worked on a car will know that you can't do anything right for your father. Not there. Here. No. Here. Point it right. Point it right at the... Don't move it. I had that a lot with my dad. Yep. So did I. Especially if my father actually thinks he's a mechanic. So... My dad used to be a mechanic, but when com- when the computers and cars started getting more advanced, he had to quit because he couldn't keep up. He didn't understand the computers. Fair enough. So any anything before like 1985, my dad could break down and put to- back together. Anything yeah. after that, he's kind of lost. Um, his father would actually go as far as call him useless, which is, you know, a little much. Uh, he was naturally left-handed, and his father demanded that he use his right hand. Uh, you say that the pressure and stress of this caused the bad stutter to get even worse. I know it's a thing in like Catholicism where you're not allowed, you're not supposed to be left-handed or something. If you go to like a Catholic, oh, you're school, the devil. They, yeah, they they force you to write with your right hand. Um, might be one of the reasons my wife doesn't like Catholics all that much because she's left-handed. That's is mine. Um, oh yeah. So yeah. So. Yeah, it's um, it's isn't it isn't it to do with the the whole devil on the shoulder? Thing? Yeah, it's something like that. It's in the Bible somewhere that left-handed people are demons or some shit. But same with redheads and yeah, anything else, anything that doesn't kind of go inside the mold of the perfect human being in the eyes of the Catholic Church. Anything that doesn't look strictly English, <laughs> even though they're all Middle Eastern. <laughs> Pretty much. (laughs) So what he would do for fun was go behind the bakery and throw knives and shoot his little bow and arrow. Uh, This was actually the start of a pretty successful hunting hobby. Um, He would get some kills and some record books later in life. They'll later be removed after his crimes come to the public. But yeah, he, he gets some... He gets some uh, some records for like sheep and bears and stuff, and he gets them put in uh, in a record, not the Guinness Book, but in like Pope and Young's uh, record book. So, I mean, if that was as far as it went, well, I'd be fine. But he wouldn't be on this podcast if that was as far as it went. <laughs> End of story. Go. Yeah. Go to shoot. Good shot. Yeah. On top of all the other shit, Robert was very thin, wore thick glasses, and had horrible acne. Um, When he gets older, he will recall his face as, quote, one big pimple, having deep scars from it, and those becoming a feature of his face almost as prevalent as his eyes or nose. 
So not, not only was he harassed, harassed at home, but he was also made fun of routinely at school. Uh, Dan, I don't know about you, but I had fairly bad acne when I was a teenager. I was lucky I didn't. Well, I had one, one incident involving um, like a pimple, uh, as we call them here, a spot um, that was about the same size as your average family car. On my nose. <laughs> but aside from that, though, um, I got I got off very lucky. So, and I got them really bad on my temples for some reason, and then on the jawline, I'd get them, and they just start to pop up, and I'd play with them for a little bit, and then they'd swell up and be all red and just poking out because they're right there in your jawline. It was just mm. fucking horrible, and they hurt. And I had a cyst right here, cysts running my my father's side of the family, and uh, I, of course, got that. And it looked like a huge, I mean, it's huge, looked like a huge zit on my face for, God, months before I finally went to the doctor, got taken care of. That was fucking horrible. So. Did you kill people because of it? I, I wanted to at the <laughs> time because people would make fun of me. But here's the difference between me and Robert Hansen is I got over it. Yeah. He uh, does not. Now, having almost zero friends and virtually ignored and shunned by almost every girl he came across led him was, to a... Huh? I was going to say, we still talk about you there? <laughs> no. Or, or. Uh, I mean, you might as well. I had some friends. Not that many girls, but I had some friends. Uh, this all led to a hatred of most women who he saw as sluts, the exception being a small handful that he found respectable. That's typical, isn't it? It's the they don't like me, therefore. Oh, they're all whores. They're all yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I understand at at some point, no girls want to be with you, so you're you're pissed off at them. But I mean, eventually you got to get over it. That's the thing; he never fucking gets over it. It mm. it just kind kind of consumes him when he gets older. Uh, all these dirty fucking sluts, you know. But that's the thing. But the pe- women he goes after when he gets older. While he's married, so at least one woman wanted him. Actually, two, because he gets divorced. Um, but while he's married, he's going to strip clubs and and getting prostitutes, and they're more than happy to do whatever he wants for some money. So they're not rejecting him, but he's still going to kill them all. Well, not yeah. all of them, but a lot of them. So I, I Inferiority complex is a fucking thing <laughs> uh, like many of these types which you come to find out if you do any research on serial killers he tried to become some sort of authority figure uh, like uh, Ed Kemper really wanted to be a cop and um, John Wayne Gacy and Ted Bundy both got into politics uh, because they wanted some sort of authority uh, fuck who else um David Berkowitz wanted to be a cop, I believe, if I remember right. Uh, a lot of them, you know, look for some type of authority to get into because they want to feel that power. Yeah. Bob was no different. So he became, uh, he's like 17 or 18, something like that. He became a junior police drill instructor. So not, not like Captain of the police squad but 
you know, it's something, I guess. But what god's name is that anyway? Like it's just Junior uh, Police I, Drill Instructor. So he's so, like training to So you got the drill instructor and I'm guessing he's just like the sidekick. He's the right. Robin to their Batman, I guess. Right. I don't know. I have okay. no idea. A junior police drill instructor. Um and of course, nobody took him seriously. Nobody listened to him. Nobody did anything he told them to do. He was just yeah. kind of, he was, again, just the joke. Which is what his life has pretty much been up until now. So after high school, he takes the route many will and joins the Army Reserve. Again, you see that in a lot of serial killers. Uh, Leonard Lake and Charles Ng, Dean Coral, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. A lot of these guys get into the military. It's something for them to do. Some of them hope to go on to to kill, 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 you know. Usually these types of people get into, like, radio engineering and shit. They don't actually see combat. any combat. Yeah. And and that's either because... I, I would like to think that it's because the military looks at them and go goes, this is not the type of person we want to give a gun to. Yeah, yeah. Like they get psych evaluated, surely they'd pick up on yeah. certain things that make them go, No, we can give them a job, but let's not let them shoot things. Yeah. Because they'd probably shoot their own guys, or they just yeah. start shooting civilians. Um you see that pretty much every serial killer or process killer that we're gonna cover that did any type of time in the military, you'll see that they didn't see they saw rare if any combat yeah which is which is i mean the best they will however tell people that they saw a lot of combat and killed dozens and dozens of people when we get to charles uh ing and and leonard lake they they take they talk all the time about all the people they killed neither one of them ever saw an ounce of combat so just a bunch of fucking liars so uh bob was stationed in new jersey and it's the army reserve so he wasn't going off to war um, where he received a day pass for being the USO's Soldier of the Week. And he would go over to... <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, it's like Student of the Month. Yeah, yeah. So it's... <laughs> you see just Christian, uh, his father just driving around saying, my son was USO, USO's Soldier of the Week. Little bumper sticker on his back of his car. Look, if they need that kind of affirmation then yeah. yeah but it gave him a day pass yeah it gave him a day pass so he went to new york and uh because of some of the other soldiers that were with him uh got him with a lady of the night for a very unremarkable evening he <laughs> he wasn't left uh stunned by it or enamored with it it was just you know I think he puts it, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. I was going to say, look, you get out of it what you put into it. That's all I'm saying, people. You know, so (laughs) he only has himself to blame. Only has himself to blame. I can can imagine he just kind of laid there terrified, but because women are scary. (laughs) Damn scary. It's true. They are scary, though. Women are fucking terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. You can have a whole podcast on that subject alone. Like, yeah. Except I'd be afraid my wife might hear. <laughs> men are afraid women will embarrass them. Women are afraid men will kill them. 
I think it's because they get embarrassed. I just could have sworn it'd be probably be the other way around. I'm pretty sure that my wife's afraid that I might embarrass her. I don't give a shit about her embarrassing me. I don't get embarrassed <laughs> that easily. Like, yeah. well, not well, not now because I mean, I'm talking about like when you're when you're first starting talking to a, like a girl and you go talk to her and she turns you down. It's very embarrassing. It's very demeaning. It, it even if she does it politely, it, it's a it's a blow to your ego. And I think that's what most guys are afraid of when it comes to talking to women is yeah. getting hurt ego. And uh, women are terrified that you're going to kill them because that's what happens a lot. That's a fair point. It's a valid fear. Yeah, I was getting mixed up between approaching and marriage. So <laughs> I was there. Yeah. So he returned to Pocahontas about six months later and, by all accounts, was even more fucked up than he was when he left. Uh, the police chief, Marvin Wiseman, who had promoted Bob to the rank of junior drill instructor in the first place, decided that maybe have one, having someone like him anywhere near the police's authority was probably a bad idea, and he, quote, eased him out of the position. So he pretty much <laughs> told him, um, Get the... you're, you're too old for this. This is something we set up for younger teenagers, and you're creepy, so we don't need you anymore. Um, it didn't help that when the police chief would go to the bakery, he would see Robert in the rear of the bakery, throwing his knives and shooting his arrows. Uh, he would ask the chief after a bow, bow shot, quote, can't hardly hear that, can you? Then he'd whip out a knife, throw it, and say, can't hardly hear that either. <laughs> Taking notes for D&D character straight up. <laughs> Every time he does an action, can't hear that, can you? Can't hear that. So he was just getting creepier by the day. Um, then, like all losers fresh out of high school do, he became the ringleader of a band of high school kids. That's how you know you have a loser in your town is when they're pushing 20 and they're hanging out with the 15, 16 year olds. I'm seeing more red flags than this than you'd see in China, you know? Like, <laughs> Well, that's easy. I mean, I, I knew plenty of guys who were in their early 20s that hung out with the really uh, with the younger high schoolers because the younger high schoolers look up at them in some type of admiration. Like, oh, my God, it's this. Guy, he's in his 20s and he wants to hang out and talk to us. Must make us cool. Really, he's just a fucking loser. So it's like, um, oh, Matthew McConaughey's character in Dazed and Confused. Yes. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> it is. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Which, and honestly, I never I never really thought about it all the times I'd seen that movie when he's like, it's the thing about high school girls. I get older, they stay the same age. How fucking creepy that actually is. Yeah, I know. It's creepy as all hell. Yeah, yeah I never thought about it before. Um, except for the last time I watched it. I was like, that's fucking creepy. Mm. No, it's still a good movie. That's great film. It's a brilliant film now, considering not an awful lot happens. But anyway. I'm sure it's better than Frozen Ground. Oh, we'll get to that later. Yeah, I'm going to have to watch that later. I'm going to see if that's on Netflix. I don't think it's on Netflix. might be on Prime. Like on the UK Netflix, which is the one that we have. That's true. Yeah, you get different. We don't have the same Flixnet as ye, so. Yeah. Now, somehow throughout all this bullshit, he was actually able to meet a girl, Phoebe Pageant, fall in love, and get engaged. That's the thing. That's also another thing about these fugly-ass serial killers, even though there's, I've seen women 
say that Robert Hansen wasn't that ugly. I disagree. I think it was fucking hideous. But a lot of these serial killers have no problem getting a wife. Some of them have multiple wives yeah. over the course of their years. So if you're out there, still got a chance. <laughs> if Robert Hansen can get married <laughs> twice, you can find one. Don't encourage them. <laughs> Unless it's ugly people. I don't know if you're talking about serial killers here or what. But. No, no, just the regular guy who thinks he's never, or girl who thinks they're never going to meet somebody. Uh, if hey, all look, these... I have no chin and I got somebody, so it's okay. <laughs> you can survive. I come with a lot of baggage and my wife took me, so it's fine. Yep. So this little group of high school kids that he had, they uh, they like to create some uh, some hijinks. So they went and they blew up a tractor in a town nearby. Good, wholesome fun, except for the person who owns the tractor. And then they turned around and planned to blow up the town water tower. That's a little different than just hijinks. But what Robert really wanted to get back at was the school where he was shunned so badly. Again, he's out of school. Been out of school for a while. And he's still festering on all the bullshit he went through in school. Yeah, and the people who put him through that are gone from that school. Yeah, they're not there anymore. You doing get, something to the school. Yeah. Let's get over it, Bob. <laughs> but on December 7th, 1960, they burned down the school's bus garage. And since he was part of the volunteer fire department, he got to enjoy the burning down of the building again. So the burning it, and then the coming back to put the fire out. Which I imagine he just stood there and watched. Can't imagine he's putting the fire out. Or maybe yeah. he is. Maybe he wants to be the hero that puts out the fire. I don't know. But there's no honor among arsonists because when uh, one of the gang got caught up by the police, he gave up Robert. <clears throat> That's the leader. Take him. So they went, picked up Bob. Uh, he obviously denied everything. Uh, he was given a polygraph, which mm-hmm. not only did he fail, but he somehow let it be known that he planned on blowing up the police chief's the police chief's house. More red flags. <laughs> I mean, how do you, how do you go from I didn't do it to I'm going to blow up the police chief's? It's. <sighs> it doesn't sound like he has really good impulse controls. It, it's something about him, and again. If the police would have taken him seriously from the beginning with all this shit, it would have saved 17 women's lives. But they More. don't. <laughs> yeah, And they consistently don't until the case finally goes to the state troopers and the FBI. Then they finally start to take it seriously. But the city cops... Yeah, it's uh, almost like they're kind of like looking at him as if he's like the town dunce. You know, kind of, ah, that's just all Bob being... Yeah. Being old well, Bob. and plus his father was big in the community. He was the town, you know, he owned the town bakery. The cops came to that bakery to get their donuts and their sweets and everything. And he, he was a big, he was a big presence in the town. So mm. you're, you're the son of somebody like that. I guess you get away with more shit. But this, this kind of follows him everywhere he goes when he moves to Minnesota and when he moves to Alaska. Again, city police just, eh, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's pretty just as I look about him. So, ah, he's a bit of an oaf. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's got the stutter. He's got the acne. It's like how bad. I mean, you already feel bad for the guy. You don't want to throw him in prison. He'll get killed. 
Yeah. He'll be somebody's wife. So he ends up pleading guilty, uh, stating that he just wanted to get it all over with and was sentenced to three years in prison. Um, this whole time, his father is rallying for him, saying, my son didn't do it. He's wouldn't have done this. He's, he's going all around town trying to get people on his side that Bob didn't do anything. And it really does split the town like in half. Mm. You know, the people who were sure he did it and the people who were with Christian and sure he didn't do it. Now, this is where I get to the support Christian had for his son because it's a question of, well, is he really supporting his son or is he trying to save his own reputation because that's his son and if he's doing this shit, it looks bad on him. Yeah. I think that's that's probably more. That's probably more, yeah. What, yeah. what it was. But still, Robert told his dad he didn't do it. And Christian went on to tell everybody else, my son didn't do it. He says he didn't do it. He didn't, you know. And he rallied for a long time. Uh, after a few months of this, he finally confessed to his now wife that he had done it. So when she told his father, uh, he said, well, fuck this was so mortified by the confession that he sold the bakery and moved to Minnesota. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's that's a lot of I don't know if I've ever been that embarrassed where I have to move out of state. Felt like it a few times. You know, when it comes to child embarrassment, but you know. Yeah. Well, Phoebe divorced him soon after that because he had lied to her the whole time and then she didn't want to be married to an arsonist and uh, I'm pretty sure that her family the whole time was telling her you don't want to marry this guy he's there's something wrong you don't yeah, marry he's, this he's, guy that's that's weird Bob why are you doing marrying yeah. yeah ladies oh. if, if your family's telling you not to marry a guy you probably shouldn't marry him because there's something they're seeing that you aren't seeing I get it and a lot of friends telling me not to marry my ex-wife but I did anyway, and it didn't turn out well. So, just if you're telling you not to marry somebody, I mean, you can listen. It, it wouldn't. So, after only 20 months in prison, despite being ass- assessed as having an infantile personality, Robert was released and he moved to Minnesota with his family. And this is where he'd meet Darla Henriksen, his next wife. Now, the two would be married in 1963, and Robert finally followed in his father's footsteps and started baking in supermarkets in nearby towns, all while committing petty crimes of theft and shoplifting and getting arrested several times. So, he decided maybe it's time for a change of scenery, and they moved to the place where a lot of people move to kind of get away from their criminal record. Anchorage, Alaska, where they would quickly pop out two kids. Alaska's known, uh, is a, I think especially the Anchorage area, Alaska's known for people who are having legal trouble or hiding out from people in the lower 48, kind of go there and get away from it all because nobody goes looking for you there because everybody, and nobody's going to say anything because everybody there's there for a fucking reason. Nobody goes yeah, to yeah. Anchorage, Alaska just because. You do it for a reason. I didn't even, never heard of Anchorage before. I played Fallout for some reason. I don't know why. Oh, really? Yeah. It's my first experience of it. And then I remember being like, 
kind of my god like you know it's just one of those places that's just so far from everything yeah well everything in alaska is kind of far from from everything, everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah so when good. they got to anchorage he again followed in his father's footsteps and he opened his own bakery in a mini mall just down the street from the red light district of anchorage they called it the tenderloin uh, which had blown up after the boom of oil fields. And he would, of course, return to petty theft. Uh, now, the oil fields are going to play a huge role in this because when there's a boom town, a lot of guys come to that town for jobs. And you know what's going to follow that? Prostitutes. So I was going to say, it, it was a, is, the red light district was called the Tenderloin. Or his yeah, bakery. Because that would yeah. be fucking ridiculous. Who <laughs> <laughs> opened a bakery called the Tenderloin? No, the red light district was called the Tenderloin, not the not the bakery. That'd be weird. Yeah. Nice day for a tenderloin. butcher shop. But yeah. The strip loin. Yeah, that would have been a good one. Well, I think it comes... I don't know, there's some saying about you were eating, like, flat steak and now we're eating the tenderloin because everybody was making so much money nah. shit like that. Right, right, right. he was treated by the residents there pretty well he earned a reputation as a great outdoorsman and in 69 70 and 71 he had four animals entered into pope and young's trophy hunting world record books and he loaded up his den with the stuffed heads of his kills uh like the 12th biggest doll sheep or something like that those are the sheep with the great big twisty horns and these are all uh bow hunting yeah like the 34th biggest black bear which i don't think should count but <laughs> 34th yeah uh what they had said is i guess they go up to like the 50th or something but at that point i mean is it really even worth mentioning nothing outside the top five yeah it's worth it. the top top 10 at maximum maximum but i guess i mean i'll take top 10 bears because bears are harder to kill sheep yeah top five i don't anything more than that it doesn't matter anyway one day in 1971 he would follow one of his customers home happened to be a secretary for a real estate agency and he stalked her uh he asked if he could use her phone and afterwards, he left. Then he came back about a half an hour later, walked into her house, and asked her out on a date. Just followed her back to her house and asked her. Just, just he, he followed her home, asked if he could use her phone, and then he left. And then he came back, no, didn't knock, nothing, just walked right in and asked her out on a date. And okay. he was he was surprised when she said no. and he got very upset (sighs) so about a week later he came back with a gun now luckily he was arrested in the process and the woman got away uninjured and he went to jail for assault Uh, he was bailed out and went right back to it and that's the thing you see is he's got he's got some friends no, no friends that will like admit to hanging out with him, but they'll kind of help him, help him out a little bit. 
Uh, you'll oh, yes. Yeah. Sort out yeah. old Bob there. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you'll see as we go along. His Bob's up actually... to his old tricks again. Oh, yeah. better get him out it, of prison. Yeah. If it wasn't for his friends, again, a lot of women would still be alive today. Or at least would have been alive a lot longer than what they were. Um, possibly including this young lady. So on Christmas Day, the police found the body of Celia Van Zanten in McHugh State Park tied up with speaker wire and cut across the chest with a knife. It looked like she was able to get away from her attacker, but ended up freezing to death outside while she hid because it was negative five degrees outside that night. And she had to hide in like some, some bushes. And she hid there all night long, ended up freezing to death. Now there's a question on if it was him. There are some others that fit the bill, but the motive and the way it all went down it's a pretty good assumption that he was the guilty party, even though he denies it. He said he didn't have anything to do with it. Um, pretty sure he did, especially when you look at the speaker wire, because that all comes into play later. Mm. Now, during okay. the investigation into Celia's death, a sex worker by the name of Robin Patterson told them that she had had a horrifying run-in with a man matching Robert's profile. Short, acne scarred and had a stutter she said he kidnapped her at gunpoint drove her to a hotel forced her to have sex with him then drove her out to bumfuck egypt and threatened to kill her she told him that she hated cops she would never talk to them so he got her parents address out of her purse and wrote it down on a little piece of paper and told her that if he found out she had talked to the police he would find them and kill them like all the woman he had women he had killed before. Now again, no proof that he had killed anybody else at any time so far. It's probably yeah. just talking shit. But she doesn't know that. And as far as she knows, he's gonna kill her. Now the thing is, she was a sex worker. All he had to do was pay her, and she would have had sex with him anyway. He didn't have to force her to do it. He obviously wanted that control though. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and what he what he goes on to say er, later about these women, uh, you could tell it's definitely bullshit because these women will have said they're prostitutes. They'll have sex with you for money. Yeah. You don't have to force them. You don't have to be an asshole. You say, "I want sex. Here's some money." They will. They will do it. That's what they are doing. That is their job. You don't have to be a fucking dick about it. A dipple dick. <laughs> Go old. Dipple Dick Bob. Yeah. So, um, and it's actually from Ryan, Robin that we learn that other than the stutter and the acne scars, there was another odd part of Robert that no one knew about, that his penis was very short, but very thick. It's like a cube. And that's where the, and that's where the term Dimple dick came from. I he's a <laughs> hockey puck. He's a tuna can. I was gonna say, I wonder if it was like a one inch cube. Yeah, it's like this little D six die that I have here in my hand. There yeah, it is. But apparently, it was. It shows very thick. Yeah, like a like like one of those mini Pepsi cans. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sounds nice. <laughs> Jesus. Like I won't. I had a friend who used to tell me that he had a really short one, but a really thick one. He's like, I won't knock the bottom out of it, but I'll rip up, rip up the sides. Like, that's nice, dude. 
<laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Dear Lord. It's like a fun-sized Mars bar. <laughs> have you seen um, Have you seen the Key and Peele um, white penis black vagina episode? No. Oh, but I will. I'm afraid to Google it. <laughs> you have to look that up. <laughs> that shit my search right. history. <laughs> you have, you'll have to look that up. Okay, so the cops were, again, really fucking incompetent here. She says, you know, who it was. They, you know, and he's already booked mm-hmm. for the assault. And uh, they have him in lockup. They're interrogating him. And they're going through his wallet. And lo and behold, they find a little piece of paper. And they're like, well, wait, 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 wait. Before, uh, before you go through his wallet, we have to have a warrant. You can't go through his wallet without a warrant. It's like you already have him in lockup. Pretty sure you can go through his wallet. Hey. No, no, no. Got to yeah. dot all the I's and cross all the T's. Got to have a warrant. So they put the paper back in the wallet and give him back his wallet. So when he goes to be processed, the uh, the the cop who apparently was a rookie, he had only been on on the force for a little bit. He's processing him. He takes his wallet and he's going through it, and he he uh, pulls out some cash, puts the wallet down, and hand and he but he doesn't grab the piece of paper. So Robert's like, um, I think I might have some more money hidden in that wallet. So instead of looking through the wallet more, the police officer hands Robert his wallet back to pull out the extra money. And then instead of watching him, he turns around and goes back to doing whatever it was he was doing. So Robert grabs the piece of paper out and puts it in his pocket. The cop saw it like out of the corner of his eye. And he's like, I-, I think he grabbed something. We might need to check him. And he goes, oh, no, 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 no. That's the name and number of the guy who I need to come pay my bail. So I need that. So instead of taking the paper, because they wanted to take the paper and do handwriting analysis on it to see yeah. if everything matched up. So instead of taking the actual paper, the cop takes the paper writes what's on the paper in his own handwriting and then gives the original piece of paper back to Robert. What the? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yes. I can see why people don't get locked up for murders and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. So that evidence <sighs> is now gone. They went and uh, checked his house a little bit. They found a roll of the same type of speaker wire used on um, Van Zanten at his home. But his friends came, helped him out, uh, helped him out with like character uh, stuff. And he ended up pleading no contest to the assault charge with the secretary. So they dropped the kidnapping charges for for grabbing Robert uh Robert Peterson and taking her out and raping her because one was the secretary of a, of a real estate company and the other was a sex worker. Yeah. 
One they care about, the other they don't. I wonder which one. Hmm. Yeah, well, a lot of times sex workers are known as the the less than dead because they don't matter. So this whole, with letting him, you know, he's taking the fall for the the secretary, but not for the sex worker, gives him kind of a sense of omnipotence when it comes to the sex workers of the town. He knows he can do pretty much whatever he wants, and nobody's going to care because they're sex workers, and nobody gives a shit. And he wasn't wrong. A lot of people just didn't give a shit. And 73 he would assault a school teacher that was moonlighting as a dancer. That also went nowhere because she was too scared of Hanson and the public finding out about her other job. The judge wouldn't let her use a proxy to testify for whatever reason, so she wouldn't testify in court because then everybody know would know that not only is she a teacher, but she dances at night. I can exactly why he didn't allow her is because he was appalled. At the fact that she was doing this with her work. Is what exactly. Was. 100%. Because, you know, people see sex work as as beneath them. But it's the oldest is, job in the world, people. Sex work is work. Just oh, yeah. stop stigmatizing it. Let women do what the fuck they want to do or need to do. God damn it. You know, if you made it, if you made it legal, you could tax it. And you could regulate it. And then it'd be more safe. But they don't want to do that. Goes against God or whatever bullshit. Look, I don't really give a shit what they want to do. Ain't bothering me none. Yeah. Yeah. Now, with most serial killers, it's not actually the killing that gets them caught. It's all the stupid petty shit that they can't keep themselves from doing. In 1976, he attempted to steal a chainsaw and was caught. And for this, he was sentenced to five years in prison. Nothing for the kidnappings, but five years for a chainsaw. What? All right, okay. I see what way the American justice system works. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, and even for that, he only spends a little over a year in prison. And during this time, a prison psychiatrist diagnosed him with bipolar affective disorder and requested that the courts order him to take lithium to control his mood, but it's never enforced. Uh. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't have bipolar. He... He's just Looney Tunes. He, you know, he scammed them because he knew if he thought... He knew that if they thought that there's actually something mentally wrong that they can diagnose that he can get away with more shit. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a whole insanity thing. Or... Yeah, exactly. It's just so crazy Bob being no crazy Bob. Yeah, just give him his lithium. He'll be fine. Mm. But he never fucking takes it. So this brings us up to his first confirmed murder. In the fall or winter of 1979, Robert picked up a woman known only as Yakutna Annie. And uh, that's because it happened near uh, Yakutna Lake. And he would later say he couldn't remember if she was a prostitute or a dancer. And he further recollected, I picked her up downtown and I told her I was going to take her to my home. But when she realized he wasn't driving in the direction of his home, she asked him to drive her back to Anchorage. 
before he unsuccessfully attempted to convince her he was driving her to another safe location, claiming he was driving a little further, she replied, well, I'm not, and then attempted. he attempted to placate her before pulling a gun and saying, you do exactly as I say, and you won't get hurt. Now, if he planned on actually killing her or not is kind of up in the air. I don't know if he was planning on killing her or mm. if he was just planning on raping her. Um, but according to Bob, he drove in the direction of Eucletna Lake and his vehicle got stuck in the mud. Now, he persuaded her to help him get his pickup unstuck. I know right. I'm gonna. I might kill you, but can you help me here? So she said okay, and then ran off. As you do, mm-hmm. yeah. In response, he chased after her. He, you'll. He's very nimble, and yeah, very yeah. quick in the outdoors. I mean, he's been doing it his whole life. So you're gonna have a hard time running away from him in the outdoors. Uh, she pulled out a knife and tried to stab him. He grabbed her by the hair and tripped her to the ground. She struggled uh, as he overpowered her. She screamed, don't kill me, don't kill me. And uh, according to him, he tried to restrain her and told her, told her that he didn't intend to harm her. But she started screaming, you're going to kill me. So he just stabbed her to death. Just to prove her right, like. Yeah, I, I guess. Like, I'm not going to hurt you. You're going to kill me. Well, fuck. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then he. <laughs> yes. Okay, so. Yeah. Her body would be found in July of 1980, buried in a shallow grave by some power lines just north of Anchorage. A few months after that first attack, he tried it with another woman, and she was actually able to escape. Uh, she got free from his camper. And she ran to a stranger's house naked with her hands cut up from being tied up with speaker wire. Hmm. Yeah. I see a pattern emerging here. Yes. And yeah. so that, again, why everybody's pretty sure that he killed that poor woman who froze to death or tried to anyway. I, I would, I would still say, I would still put him, uh, you know, up for, Attempted murder, maybe second degree murder, since he didn't actually kill her, but she froze to death because of him. Yeah, yeah. I guess that'd be manslaughter. But, anyways, since this woman, who I don't have her name, uh, she was a sex worker or a stripper, the cops took his word over hers. And again, nothing was done. A few months later, a woman by the name of Roxanne Eastland was staying with her boyfriend at the Budget Motel in Anchorage, where they were supposed to meet an unidentified male downtown that day. That was the last anyone had seen or heard from her. The next was 24-year-old Joanna Messina. Now this, this poor woman. So the two met near the docks in Anchorage, and they went out on like a date. It seemed, I guess seemed, like he had no actual intention on killing her. See, he said. Um, <laughs> That's the first thing. Hey, nice yeah. to meet you. Don't worry. I'm not going to kill you. Well, when, <laughs> so, when, when they're going over all the all the, all the the marks on the map, which we'll come to talk about in a little, uh, next episode, um, 
when it come when they come to talk about all those points, he's like, "Well, that's Joanna Messina. Uh, that's where she was. I hadn't intended on killing her when we met up. You that know? was an accident." Yeah. Well, he claims that he didn't intend to kill her, uh, but she told him that she would have sex with him for money, and apparently she had to really kind of she kind of went at it subtly at first, and then she flat out just said, "Look, dude, give me some money and I'll fuck you." Okay. Mm. And then she went from being one of the respectable women that he's, you know, that he, you know, wouldn't do anything to, to just another slut. And then she had to die. So what he did then was he took out his party size Mars bar and said, bet you didn't even hear that. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't even hear it. I think he was going to kill her either way. Uh, just want an excuse. Know, didn't know when. Yeah. Uh, now, so her body, she's known as I believe they called her the Bear Lady. So her body was found in a gravel pit on the Kenai Peninsula. But it wasn't people that found her first. It was a black bear. So by right. the time the police had gotten there, about half of the body was gone. And then the bear came back. (laughs) So they got there. Half the body's eaten. Bear comes back when the police are there. So... Bobby shoots it. It gets 34th largest black bear kill ever. (laughs) Well, see, now they have a conundrum. Because they don't want the evidence to all be eaten. But black bears are a protected species. Mm. So it was either, you know, don't let the evidence be eaten or kill the protected species. They ended up killing the black bear, but the uproar from killing the bear almost completely overshadowed the investigation. There was I mean there was real uproar over this. You care you killed a black bear in Alaska. How dare you? It was a woman. Okay. Yeah. Just no, you killed a woman. Alaska, how dare you? You yeah. killed a bear, how dare you? I said, there's well, plenty of those women around. Well, it was, it, and it, it's it's black bear prostitute. If it had mm. been a black bear or a, you know, white woman who was coming up in the world and had money, then, oh, yes, you saved a woman. But black bear prostitute, that's different. Yeah, it really shows you right there on the totem pole. Yes, well, them and minorities pretty much are all in the same area as far as policing goes. Anyway, uh, by this time, Robert had gotten himself a variety of costumes and disguises, including, but not limited to, his beloved fake mustache, which he said made him look more handsome because he wasn't very much to look at, so a mustache couldn't hurt. Uh, He also had some suits and some small prosthetics that he would use. And he also... <laughs> Sorry, I have this image away. Hopefully, hopefully <laughs> put it on down on the fun-sized Mars bar. Now, you know those really, really cheap, crappy, like, Halloween mustaches you can buy that are just a very obviously curly one that uh-huh. just is just a piece of black yeah. felt? I just imagine yeah. walking around with that big happy head and going... Doo, 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 well, and I imagine it's the glasses with the nose attached and the... Oh, yeah, and the plastic one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
crazy uh, He'd also stopped picking up women and driving them straight off the street or from a strip club because that's what he was doing before. He just, he'd see them on the street, offer them some money, they'd go off with them, they'd never come back. Or he'd go to the strip mm-hmm. club, pick them up, they'd go off with them, never come back. So he, and this is actually kind of smart, I guess, as long as nobody sees you, he'd actually make a date with them. And they'd usually meet at a bar or a restaurant. From what I heard, it was a, a Wendy's a lot of times. Um, and he would sit in his car long before they were to meet at the location, and he'd wait. And they would arrive, and he'd wait a little longer. You know, they'd go in, and he'd sit in his car, make sure that nobody came along, and nobody's waiting for them in the parking lot, because that would ruin the whole thing. So when he was sure the coast was clear, he'd go in. They'd eat. They'd load up in his vehicle, so they'd go to a second location, usually for a paid photo shoot. Um, That was usually the entire reason for the date. But once in the car, he'd pull a gun, and they'd head out to the wilderness. So another woman by the name of Lusa Frutrell went missing September 6, 1980. Her body won't be found for four years. Dear Lord. That's one of the bodies that he will lead the police to. How the hell does he have time for this shit? Like, you know, like he's, so he's married, has two kids, Yep. owns a business. And, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We can't even play, find time to play D and D. Yeah, he's like, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's, he's time to do this shit. Like, yeah, he's racking up. Well, okay. So his him and his wife didn't always get along. She Better went and KD spent ratio than I do on fucking Call of Duty. Like, you know. <laughs> she went and spent a lot of time with like her family. She'd take the kids. So he spent. He had a lot of time at home alone. Um, I would imagine he probably had some employees at the bakery who were doing the majority of the baking. Um, He actually, when he gets arrested, he actually gets arrested at the bakery. Uh, So he does go there at some point. And he he makes a lot of contacts with the bakery. He's friends with the police down at the bakery. So he is there a little bit. Um, Mm. But yeah, that's a good question. Why, how does he find time for all this shit? Yeah, I, it's uh, yeah. I barely have time to scratch yourself. Like you know. Well, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I actually thought thought one thing that I thought was really funny because um yeah. So you had sent me a bit of a background video to watch on him, and there's a scene that shows a recreation of him in the bakery, and he's yeah. like standing standing in the window, and <laughs> yes. making the, the 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 flowers like out of buttercream, right? And I'm like uh-huh. I I. Like love a bit of bacon so that my wife and I are getting into it now as well. Like if we're watching tons of these shows, we're going to be learning how to do these fancy cakes and all this stuff. Yeah. But um, you could tell the person they got in to do that scene didn't have a clue what the hell they're doing because no they had this cake and they had these lovely looking flowers on it, and here they are, this wretched like, <laughs> they're yeah. just throwing it on. <laughs> and then and when the shows them actually out the window. Yeah, yeah, and when the shows them actually putting onto the cake then it's it, it's like a proper legit looking thing. Like yeah, but then I was like it's just looking at it going, this guy hasn't got a clue. It's like, yeah, just hold this, you're gonna be making a red flower and he's like <laughs> facing with the bag. It's like there you go. <laughs> but anyway it's just when I thought the bakery I just had that image in my head. I was like I'll have to say this to Kevin now and because this is just some of the best acting I've ever seen. Well, I don't think they go top tier for some of those recreations. I think they just get whoever they can get. Oh, of course, yeah. You know, they don't have any speaking lines or anything. So now a little over a year uh, after 
Lisa goes missing. Uh, Robert offers Sherry Morrow, a 23-year-old topless dancer, $300 for a photo shoot. Now, this is November 1981. $300 then would be worth about $930 now. That's hard to pass up when you're in your early 20s in Anchorage. I mean, mm-hmm. some if I'm in my early 20s and some guy pulls up and says, hey, here's $930 for a photo shoot, I'd probably fucking do it. Yeah, what way do you want me to? Yeah. You know. Do you want me to spread <laughs> do this or thing. what? No touching. That's it. Um, uh, Robert did his thing. He got her, wrapped an ace bandage around her eyes, and tied her hands and drove her to an old lean-to out on the banks of the Kinnick River. Her body was found a year later in September in a shallow grave with three bullet wounds in her back and the cartridges to a a two twenty three. Ruger Mini 14 nearby. Uh, hunters don't usually pick up their casings, um, so and that 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 actually works out well because you know he was he did a lot of bow hunting, but he did gun hunting too. So I guess in the just he just wasn't used to picking up his casings after he'd shoot an animal, so they'd just yeah. be laying there, and he left those there. And that, I mean, you're gonna kill somebody. You take the fucking casings with you, you dumbass. It doesn't seem all that bright. No, that's uh, no. Yeah, no. That's, it's fair. So the story he eventually tells is that he got his truck stuck again, so Sherry took the opportunity to run again, but her hands were tied, and she still had the wrap over her eyes. And I don't I hate to laugh, but holy shit, at least pull the ace bandage up when you run, because... Yeah. Uh, he caught up to her very quickly and just shot her in the back. Uh, one of the reasons it took so long to get an ID on her was that um, when her boyfriend reported her missing, he said that she always wore a gold arrowhead necklace he had given her. And there's no necklace at the murder site. There's a reason, and mm. we'll get to it later. Now, just over a little over a month later, 22-year-old Andrea Altery would go missing. Her body would never be found. And next would say he'd be his most egregious crime, one compared to the killings of the sex workers, insurance fraud. <gasps> yeah. Now, this, when we get to the main detective on this, he really like obsessed over this insurance fraud. Uh, he feels like he could tie it all into everything. Um, so right. what he did, he staged a burglary at his home where he had said several of his trophy heads had been stolen. When in reality, he just took them out of the house and hit them. Um, the insurance company paid him $13,000, which seems like a lot, but today that would be worth just over $37,000 mm. for some, Fucking heads. Yeah. Uh, that you just put in a wardrobe. Yeah. L- a little bit of information is that uh, I believe he filed this through State Farm Insurance, and his friend, one of the ones that kept bailing him out, was actually the manager of State Farm Insurance in Anchorage. All right. And so, he's like, hey, how do I have these heads sitting in my garage that this dude yeah. asked me to hold mine for 10 minutes? 
<laughs> so he would take this $37,000 or $13,000, $37,000 a He would take that and he would buy a small single engine plane, which would ramp up his tears against the sex workers and strippers of Anchorage. He would all, he would also fly out to remote cabins, steal a bunch of their shit, and then take off, temporarily quelching his desire for a small amount of power and chaos, but also leaving tire tracks. And that's where we'll pick up for part two of Robert Hansen with his upcoming Most Dangerous Game Murders and Cindy Paulson, otherwise known as The One That Got Away. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so... Need to thank World's True Crime for starting off the show today. Uh, you can get them wherever you listen to your podcast, wherever you're listening to this. Just get on over there and listen to them. Uh, I'll have a link to their show in our show notes. So just go there and click and you know go listen. Uh, but speaking of Cindy Paulson, in the book she's called Kitty Larson. There's there's a few people that they try to leave their anonymity. And then, um, so he, he, they call, uh, Cindy Paulson, Kitty Larson through the book. And then like two years after they published the book, she puts out her own book with her real name on it about what she had went through. So they, they protected your, your, uh, well, then she wouldn't have gotten as much money out of it then, obviously, you know, the fact that she had the legit one then. The shit that she goes through, she deserves to make as much money off of this as she wants. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's absolutely horrible. I don't know if you got. I'm sure you watch the thing, so I know you know what she goes through. But it, it was fucking horrifying. I'll have uh, credits for the reference material um, in the show notes, like normal. You can follow us Twitter, Instagram at TorturePod. Contact us by email, TorturePod at gmail.com. Rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen. And uh, I think that's it for this one. See you in episode two, then. Yep. See you in episode two. Couple weeks. All right, guys. Have a good one. Bye-bye.